the, the Afra story, which, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to backpedal real quick. The wet dreams. <laughs> the wet dreams. The first one was so awkward, but then like. They the didn't get any point. less awkward. I don't know. Like, starting like, to get used to it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Another yeah. wet dream story. I'm, I'm listening to Matthew McConaughey's uh, Nocturnal Emissions. Nobody listen to this shit. Welcome to the Beyond Our Service podcast, where two veterans with wives and kids pretend to know what they're doing in life. We look at the good, bad, and ugly and laugh our way through it all. So come join us as we go beyond our service. All right, guys, welcome back to the third episode of The Junto. This episode, we are going over Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, and this time, we have not just me and Nash. I have one of my least favorite friends, mm. David, here. Still a friend. David, say hello. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Longtime listener. First time joiner. Ben Stevens' bedroom right now, which is fantastic. You're welcome. Welcome. This is where most men want to be, which is in my bedroom. So, um, with them. me in it and not my wife. And uh, we got Nash as always. Howdy. So, boys, uh, well, first off, if you are, if this is your first June toe that you've listened to, this is a long form. It is, we don't really do a lot of editing, but it is going to be a little longer. We basically do a deep dive into a book. So this book is Green Lights, like I said before. So if books are not your thing and you don't like book reviews or book clubs, then um, you should probably stop listening right now. And if you do, then welcome. So first off, boys, what did you guys think of the book? I liked it a lot. <clears throat> um, totally different than the ones we've done before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would just love to say I would love to have a beer or... Maybe other substances with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, because me too. I don't even good smoke of the Lord. weed, and I would love to. So <laughs> I fun. just feel like he is a very interesting guy that has a lot of. He starts the book off by saying, "Oh, this is not a memoir. This is not an autobiography, or whatever." Bullshit. It was just a collection of stories. Like I, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it, but the life lessons and everything yeah. from it were they were good. Um, but yeah, he's an interesting guy for sure. Yeah, entertaining, oh light. Good break from your business, your leadership books. Like, this is just a fun, quick read. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. When uh, we were trying to think of, or I was, we were all kind of debating on what we wanted to cover. I was going to uh, the little fishing trip thing that I went on, and the guy I went with, he just finished the book. And he asked me if I had read it yet, and I was like, no, I hadn't, I hadn't read it. I had heard him been in, uh, Matthew McConaughey, who had been interviewed about it for it, like when it first came out, and he's like, "Man, it's awesome! You got to read it! You got to read it!" So that's when I was I texted y'all and I was like, "Let's, what do y'all think? You want to do this one?" And I'm glad we did it too because it is definitely a completely different. It's quite the change of pace from Jocko Willink for sure, <laughs> to yeah, for sure, McConaughey. So I was laughing at the office the other day because uh, so I listened to all of them Audible. We've talked about this in the last year, <laughs> yeah, and. Jocko, I sped up to like 1.2 to 1.4 on Audible just to kind of help get through the books a little quicker. Yeah. And whenever you speed Jocko up, it's, this is what you're going to do. This is leadership. And you're going to go, you're going to win. And you're going to fight. And it's like, 
oh, this guy is like, I'm ready to go run through a brick wall. Matthew McConaughey, I had to speed up because he just presented and read the book like this, and it was just real slow. And I was like, okay, we're going to speed this yeah. bad boy up a little it was bit. It's basically a Buick commercial the entire time. <laughs> the entire <laughs> audible. Steven and I would have felt right back at home in Alabama with that. Yeah. I can understand you. Like Finally, this. somebody's talking my speed. <laughs> You mean your Jocko was a good Newt Rockney impression there. I was ready to go out and win one for the Gipper there. So um, did any of you guys, did this make you want to start a journal? Yes, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I kind of thought, I've, I've thought about that before, and I thought it would be cool to just like almost make a book. Is that your journal? No, so my, one, of my like lenders, journal. one of my lenders gave this to me as like a present, just as like a scratch pad, but it's actually like a leather bound. Yeah. Like stitched in, I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of want to have like just some." Because I loved how he said when he started the book off, he goes, "You know, I've I went through the what the thirty five years that I yeah. kept track of everything." And he's like, "You know, I laughed, I cried, I you know." And there's so many things that I wish I would have written down just to go back to to look because your memory gets kind of hazy. Yeah, over the years where it's like, okay, you, you remember big events, but not as clearly as you would in the moment if you just wrote that thing down. I'm like, okay, that's this is my takeaway from today. What, what was it? Um, so, yeah, no, I liked it. It was a good reminder. I've thought about it many times, and I've never put in the time to do it. I think that's the hardest part. But, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did keep one for a little while. I think probably my senior year of high school, going into college, it maybe yeah. lasted a year or a summer. But, man, that was materialistic. I think uh, a lot of content about what was happening with the ladies recently, like <laughs> where we had gotten, what had happened. Um, yeah, Which was be, nowhere. <laughs> a lot of thoughts. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> lot of thoughts. Uh, I'd love to go back. And Jill was the best off. friend. Yes. Maybe I'll bring that for the next Junto. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> if I can find, we'll do that. If I'll go find, I still have all the letters that I wrote, Renee, when I was in Afghanistan and oh, basic Lord. training. Those are letters that my children will never be allowed to read, yeah. and but they're going to find when we die, and they're going to throw up because they were not clean letters whatsoever. It was hey, very graphic. Matthew McConaughey seemed to do pretty fine with the memories he had of his parents, so yeah, I think yours true. will make it through. Yeah, yeah, no, but they'll write a book too and be like, and then I found this letter. Uh, no, I yeah, I've thought about it too, and I I, I think it's so cool though because it does take you back. The thing, the closest I've ever done it is we have we've kept letters, we've kept basically correspondence between me and Renee over the years, especially back when I was in the military. And then we're just throwing stuff around the house, just throwing shit around. Damn. So then he missed uh, your entire king size bed, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> two feet away. <laughs> well, it's nice. He's not the most athletic of humans. Nope, um, no, not not a uh, athletic specimen. So when it's cool though, when you go back and read those, then it, it, it puts you right back in that spot. It puts you yep. right back in that mindset. You you're right there where you're thinking about all those things you want to do with these girls or whatever, and you're just it's hilarious to think back. That like, I was doing. I was. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, just clear up. They just didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Yeah, but, no, it's, it is amazing to see kind of where your mind was at, how you've changed, and sometimes it's like reading someone else's words. You're like, that was me thinking mm-hmm, those thoughts? Mm-hmm. Like, what? 
Like what a child. And, and hopefully we do. Like hopefully we yeah. have matured and developed and changed right, <laughs> yeah. from when we were 17 years uh, old. Well, you I know, was you a know. genius. My God, <laughs> look at all this. <laughs> Some less than others. <laughs> Steven's just like, I used to be able to put words on yeah. paper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. No spell, misspelled words or nothing. What you guys can't see is uh, Barber has written quite the novel himself in his notes of this book. Yeah. So, and I've actually done it with almost every book we've done. And the this is kind of the closest I've come to like actually journaling where, so I write down stuff I've that made me think of, but then there's sometimes there's a little bit more that I don't share on here that I, but I'd, I'd want to keep these, like Take away. Keep these, yeah. these journals, I guess. And, uh, and that's kind of why, so that's part of it. But so do you go back into those? I haven't in a while. I have, yes, I have done it. It's been a while. It's probably been about a year. I have, I think one or two that it's full. Um, and I actually have a, I kept a journal when I was at, um, the agent's office I worked at before, before I became an agent. And uh, like in classes, anything I went to, and then I went to a few agents and picked their brains, and I have questions that I ask them, and I have their answers in there. Yeah, and you're one of them. It's still in there, and I went back. Throwback. I know, man. And I went back and looked at it and read it, and like went back through all the like the points and stuff that you and uh, uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. who's no longer who R.I.P. Ryan W. R.I.P. Uh huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Double RIP. Double RIP. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's, that's, it was, it's really cool. And yeah. so, as you know, I mean, probably one of the reasons Stephen asked me to be on here is that's something I've been doing for, I don't know, probably five years or so. Is anytime I write a, or read a book, I go in and I always type up my notes and uh, I put them down on paper. And I've had, you know, people ask me, how the hell can you read so many books and actually take anything away? And, and that's how, like, put yeah. it down on just the big points that you really care about and then take some action on them and you can go back to them instead of just, you know, thinking, Oh man, that was a good book. And then you shelve it. Right. Yep. You never go back to it. So yeah, you'll be able to always go back to that. And it's a cool thing. And that's, that's kind of always been our thing too with our Juntos is it's always been like, we call ahas, but like take away, if if you can read a book and take even one thing away from it. And okay, how can I implement that into my life? Like, what is it about this book that you can one little nugget from it? And if you can do more than that, that's great. But just one, and just write it. Yeah, like you Get said, something. Yeah, something that hits you while you're you're reading, or in my case, listening. <clears throat> write it down, and then just go back to it and go, okay. And then let that kind of simmer a little bit and build on that, and go, okay, how could I? When in my life has that been something that's affected me, or how could I change something that I do for the better? Yeah. 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 That's. I think. I started putting page numbers on them now, and uh, I read about, uh, is it John C. Maxwell? Who's the guy that Sounds does all right. the leadership ones? Well, Maxwell? Yeah, leadership guy. Yeah, his is the 10, 10 for everything. Yeah, right? so the 10, 10 rules it's on. It's always a list. It, yeah, it's, it's a list. He's got like 100 Seven books. Seven disciplines right? yeah. of leadership. Yeah. Yeah, so he, one of the books I read, he explained like how he does that. He logs, he has whole like um, file folders full of because he used to do it and then he would write down quotes or whatever but he never wrote them like he'd always forget you know who wrote the book where the book was where it was in the book and he's like man i remember this one thing i really read it would really apply here when he was doing his like sermons and stuff and so he finally like created this huge system so that he could always go back and find exactly what quote where it was and stuff and he had all those things I don't do that but i did start writing page numbers down so i feel like that's pretty good that's uh, that's, uh, that's a, a start good idea <laughs> 
It's better than my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in the airport having a beer, going uh, flying out of town, and, laughing uh, to yourself. <laughs> I'm sitting at the at the airport uh, bar with a beer in front of me, and my head my headphones on, listening to the book, and I just multiple times just big stupid grin on my face as I'm listening to some story from Matthew McConaughey probably just looking <laughs> slightly special like oh who let this one out yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure yeah. your uh, two listeners your parents are probably dying to hear about green lights um, yeah we get into the book or do yeah, we so keep what, telling people how to read so what was your uh, what was your biggest do what I want takeaway we'll start from the top man my, I don't know what my biggest one was. That might be too hard. Uh, That's what she said. Oh, I think. Um, okay, so I guess the first one that we all kind of touched on anyway was where he explains what green lights are, yeah. and he goes into You're stealing mine. So, bit, well, because I figure we're all going to talk yeah, about it anyway, yeah. so we might as well start there. It's kind of like it's the title it's or something. The title of the book. <laughs> Uh, so the problems we face today eventually turn into blessings in the rear view mirror of life. In time, yesterday's red light turn leads us to a green light. So that's kind of what green lights are. There's different deals and then all of a sudden it, it sends, it's a good thing and you keep going. So when I thought back, every significant real red light that I've ever had in my life, um, you know, God has had a purpose and has turned it into something that is much better than what I thought. Yeah. And so one of them was, you know, I didn't get into Texas State. It's the only college I applied to other than I'm Oklahoma sorry. State. I know. And if I would, I think there just would have been a totally different. I probably wouldn't have been with Renee. I probably wouldn't have stayed with her. I mean, I probably would have gone to Texas State. So then I would that. have gone to Texas State. I would have learned a ton. Um, I didn't get into uh, the Marine Corps. They, I couldn't get a waiver because I had surgery on my shoulder. Couldn't color the lines? Totally. No. Yeah, exactly. My, the recruiters were, they blew their mind. And they were like, look at you. Look at you. And I can't get you in? What? And uh, But I had this surgery. And I, they wouldn't let me in. It just didn't happen. And I think that's probably one of the best things that happened. Because yeah. Schick did go to the Marine Corps. And the way that it's just the family stuff is not, it's not the same. It's not the same priority. That was a big deal. And then not getting into the, uh, there was just the fast track program for agency. I didn't get in. There was a miss. I basically just didn't pass this last test thing, this interview. And, um, man, I remember it was just so devastating. So angry. It was going to push everything back a year. Well, I ended up staying with the agent I was working for. And all this stuff had happened like two weeks after that. And I became the sales manager, had to rebuild the entire sales team. And I did that and ran leads and basically ran this little office in the back for six months. And that's exactly what I did when I became an agent. And so I basically just had this whole dry run for free on someone else's dime, learning to interview, screen interviews, screen resumes, I mean, all this stuff. And so look at once, it, once all that started, I was like, man, I'm really glad that happened. I think you mentioned a company name. Did I? Yeah. Okay. I'll go back. Mark that. 14 minutes. Market zero. <laughs> Over the line. So with that, um, what I got out of that part was obviously the, the green lights and how they work, but the yellow lights, the red lights. And, you know, he mentioned obviously we don't like them, but what they do is they slow us down. They stop our flow and they kind of make us stop and think. And they tell us no, right? But then they get us to where we need to go. But, you know, you mentioned this earlier, McConaughey took accountability at every step. Mm -hmm. And that was something we all noticed. And 
you've got to have that self-awareness and take that accountability to realize what a yellow light or a red light is, or they can spiral, right? They can, they can turn into more negative events. Um, but he doesn't allow that to happen in his life. And, and it's, it's a good thing for you to think about and realize that like, man, it is what it is. And, you know, taking control, living up to the situation saying, all right, I need to change course. I need to pivot. I need to do something new. I loved that. Like, just own your situation. No matter what your situation his, is. His total mindset, yeah. Yeah. When he looked at everything as a, okay, you know, like the old, what was that? Yep. Uh, can't hurt me. Or Roger that. Like, it was just, okay. Yeah. Like the, Not, yeah. Yeah. Roger that. Yep. Like, the, that sucks. But, you know, what can I, what can I learn from this? But I, I like, even take that one step further. I loved the, we start talking about the uh, reign of fire. Mm-hmm. And he said he went from being in California and boozing and, and being a lush. And he was like, I needed a red light. Like it was just, it was too easy. I kind of lost myself. I'd lost the challenge. And I think that's another kind of theme that we see in a lot of the books that we've read, especially from a leadership standpoint of you need to constantly be pushing yourself and challenging yourself and looking for those yellow and red lights and not being afraid of them because those are the ones, those where you have your big breakthroughs of, okay, that sucked. Here's what I learned from it. I pushed myself beyond where I thought was comfortable. And I love that he, <clears throat> in multiple times throughout his life and stories that he told, was looking for those growth mm-hmm. moments. Was like, okay, what can I, I'm going to shave my head. Like, I'm the, I'm the pretty boy of Hollywood yeah. and that's kind of what I'm known for. I'm going to shave my head because. Shake it up. Yeah. I'm, yeah let's, I wanted to fight. Like, it yeah. was like, he's like, okay. And then he, the, the agent called him and I, I know you didn't shave your head. No, I did. I, I did shave my head. Like, <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, like that was. Uh, then how he just like went around and he's like, "Play the game. This is how Hollywood works. You go mm-hmm. play the game. I'm gonna show up to some party. Yeah, it's about and, business. Yeah, it's about business. Yeah. And and how he he spun that could have been a very scary moment because I mean you realize it's Hollywood. You get dropped at the right. You know, <laughs> Your time could be over. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When he tans his head and mm-hmm. goes up and shows up and looks all sexy. Yeah, it's yeah. like. You, and how he spun that into Done that many like, times. yeah, because you bet do, you have. Oh God, you would right? look so good, bald. Please, I've had a shaved head. Like please I, shave I mean, your head. I've done it before. Still didn't look good. Yeah, no. There's I no, mean, no saving that. No. Put it's a, a low bar put, to begin with. Put a bag. Exactly. Yeah, 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 like, a, <laughs> put a bag over it and move on. Yeah. All right. So, what do you got, Nash? What's what was one of your uh, I, the biggest one for me was that was the mindset that he kind of of, of the red light and, and just how he said very early on in the book like one of the first probably five minutes and we kind of talked about this touched on this a little bit earlier how he just starts rattling off kind of like who he is and the, the major events that kind of shaped who he was and and you know listening to him say it he talks about oh you know I was molested at fifteen and I felt like I was going to go to hell for premarital sex and then he's like oh nineteen I was you know molested by a man in the back of a van I was like and it's just so just yeah. rapid fire and no no drop in cadence no like shift it was just like it happened boom done but how right. he and how he goes through the book and just talks about different life events talking about his parents that's gonna be one of my <laughs> my later ones and we can probably go off for a little Wait while more. on this like one of my big I, I jotted a note down while I was grinning at the airport um I said, Lord, his mom is amazingly eccentric. Because I just, I loved right? yes. the, like yes. her, her quote on uh, when he wrote the poem, or when he <laughs> read the poem, and it was like, and she said, if you understand it, it means something to you, it's yours. 
and like <laughs> just her outlook on life of like it was you know don't get caught well yeah and you think about like i mean she just you know when she would go on her vacations her extended vacations yeah, yeah. we found out yeah, later in life that was out. that was the, yeah, that was them divorcing and like yeah yeah, and yeah again so no when idea. he's rattling off all those things he goes yeah my my uh Mother and father were, was it, divorced? Twice, married three times. Twice, married three times. Uh-huh. Like, it, and just how he, you look at his childhood and just a lot of the stories he talks about of, of growing up, and you're just like, how did you get through? There are so many people who would have had that same childhood, and so many people who have had similar childhoods who did not end up that right. same way. And I think that probably has... They're criminals, they're drunks, they're deadbeats. And he, he said in there, he goes, you know, here's what I am. And he, he goes and rattles off and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. This has happened to me, this has happened to me. He goes, and I've never been a victim. That one yeah. stuck with yep. me. That yeah. one, that when he asked us, so what's my, that lo- single line right there, I think kind of shows the whole green light mentality of, you're never a victim. He, he always looked at it as like, yes, this happened, but I'm going to get through it or... Here was the positive. Here was the silver lining in that moment, and uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was really good. When he just not being a victim, yeah, and, and understanding, and and I, I mean, look, I didn't have the most perfect childhood, and my parents definitely didn't have the. I mean, they weren't on that level at all. But um, they were. You mean your mom didn't chase your dad around with a butcher knife in the kitchen? Well, no, and I didn't threaten say to kill that. him before they had sex on the the tile floor <laughs> no. in front of you. The sex part didn't happen, but the rest of it may or may not have happened. I don't remember. Um, but I definitely remember growing up and thinking you would hear about these kids that have, you know, they're like, well, he's a troubled kid because he's had, they have a rough house, home life. And I'm like, Bitch, hell, I got a rough yeah, home like, life. Shit, I'm, but I'm still not an idiot. Like, I don't want to be an, a piece of garbage. So I'm not going to be a piece of garbage. Right. Yeah. It's still my choice. It's yep. not my parents' choice to tell me to skip school or drink when I'm 12 or stab someone like that's just not that's me those are my decisions and no one's going to tell me who I am besides me and I mean I remember thinking those things in like 10 or 11 that's not something that you have to like grow up and learn that's just it can't, it's just okay well well go home my home life sucks whatever but right. that doesn't define me yeah we need more stories like this we need this to get out more I feel that we you know, we live in such a victim mentality world these days where you just hear so much of it, you know, how well, it glorifies victim. Absolutely. Of like, oh, well, you know, it, you're special because, they, because you had a tough childhood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and why it made them who they are, which is the victimhood Olympics. Exactly. And to be able to read this and be like, damn, yeah. I mean, he, he came he came out of this, and you about as troubled of a childhood and upbringing as you can get. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're the really book, yeah. You're just saying what am I getting into right now? <laughs> and it, it, but these people that do play the victim card, they, I would love for them to read this. And the problem is most of them don't have much self awareness. But God, it'd be great if they could have a little self awareness when they read this and and say, "Well, I need to get my shit together too." Yeah, well, you it know? was it was so refreshing almost and I don't even scarring (laughs) to hear him talk about his childhood but then also in the same sentence literally the same sentence talk about yeah but we loved each other right 
Yep, it was a family. Yeah, like it, it was their family. As dysfunctional and crazy and just off the wall. What the hell did I just hear read? But we loved each other. Yeah. And it was and love always won out. Yeah, that that was kind of what stuck with me there was just how that so, was the silver lining he took from that. Like that's a message that I I didn't highlight because it was never written down. And maybe if I journaled like Stephen, I, I could have noted it. But I do remember thinking when you went over right. this is that point right there. And I, I try and teach my kids this all the time. Brooks is he's six and he asks these questions a lot. You know, are they good or bad? You know, are they a good guy or a bad guy? And trying to explain to him, everyone is both. Yeah. Everyone is evil. Everyone is a saint. And, and Everyone's I think, capable. Yeah. I think we saw that a lot in this book is that no matter how jacked up that family was, they were a family. They loved each other. He saw the good in the family that they provided, even yep. though there was a ton of bad. And And I think we all need to see that more in people is that we're all going to mess up. We're all going to do bad things, but most, most people I hope are are good at the core. They just, they make mistakes. Right. Yeah. And I think he really sees that with people as he realizes, Hey man, none of us are perfect. Yeah. See the good, see the green light and move on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, that's going to play out in a couple other ones too, where he just, you know, I think that people get too easy. They, they let these yellow lights and red lights just bog them down so much and they're so hard on themselves too where it's like you know almost like a perfectionist where it's well you know it's and I think that some of that is in everybody's talked about this a lot we've had an episode about it but I think that's where social media kind of feeds in that too where you start to see all these people and you think that there's I almost wish he had a little bit more red lights in there and talk about it he does a good job of just talking about things that he sucked at or mistakes he made but I think some people just forget the struggle that successful people still have and had uh, to get there, all they see is the highlights on social media. Exactly. They're like, they're like, damn. I mean, this guy just so easy for he, him. He has no. It's so easy. He has no like adversity, no nothing. Like, but I do. So I'm just. It's just not meant to be for me. It's and that's like, what's nah, cool. Dude. He shows all the skeletons. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't. And, and I you, think there's more. You talked about this today, and we're obviously not going to go into detail. But you talk about red lights. You know, I mean, think about COVID right now. How many yeah. people have shut down? Right. And, you know, I was going to mention this later. We can go ahead and jump into it now. But the book finishes with a line that I think is so powerful, especially in today's environment. But, you know, he said, we don't live longer when we try not to die. Yeah. We live longer when we're too busy living. Yeah. Yeah. And how many people aren't living right now? How many people have trapped themselves in their homes and just stopped life? Right. Yeah. They put everything on pause (laughs) to try and... To try and live longer. Yeah. And try to <laughs> And they're not living. You gotta, you gotta keep it as long as you can. I don't so, want to do this. Yeah, you can't let those red lights stop you. Oh, what was the quote? I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. So to kind of go off of what you were just saying about the the living, and then this is I had heard stories about uh, Matthew McConaughey's performance in uh, Days and Confused and how, you know, it was, was it two or three lines that he was originally scripted for the part? Yeah. And then uh, you know, I, I I really appreciate it. it was, I think he said his, his dad passed <clears throat> like right before he filmed the next scene when they're on the football field at the very end of the movie. And I don't think this one was scripted. I think this was just him kind of living in that red light moment, red light, green light moment of in the scene, in the movie, he says, uh, if it ain't that piece of paper, there's some other choice they're going to try and make, uh, make for you. 
you got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants you to do, man. Let me tell you this. The older you get, the more rules they're going to try to get you to follow. You just got to keep on living, man. L-I-V-I-N. And I loved that line, and especially knowing the backstory behind, you know, his dad had just passed, like, what, the week before or something like that? Yeah. And this was kind of him going through his doing what he wanted to do with acting. And when he talked to his father and got that approval, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later, was just such a big moment. I, I kind of liked to see and hear that perspective of that's where that scene kind of came from, along with the, you know, all right, all right, all right, which is his probably, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> probably his most famous line. Oh, it anyway. absolutely is. And, yeah, and yeah. just completely improv, just off the cuff, that first day on the set. just You know what he said, and what I love, too, when he talks about that whole story, and he's like, and now it's everywhere, it's followed me everywhere I've gone. I thought he was going to say something different, and he's like, and I, I thought he was going to say, like, you know, it gets old. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, like and I love and it. I love it. Like, and I'm like, you damn, you should. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Like, he's Let like, it it's up. literally on people's shirts. Yeah. And he's like, I mean, people see me now. I did that when I was 19 or however old he was. Yeah. He's like, and that is still the one line that everyone knows me by. Right. What I loved about that story was how right before he got into it, he said, you know, yeah, there we go. You hear the story about the starving Hollywood actor, actor, actress that's waiting tables. Wait, this ain't that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I showed up. How he I got my part. Fell and into it. Just it. Snowballed. Yeah, baby. <laughs> like, it's like no struggle. I love before he Green even light. got to before he even got to the struggle. He's like forced to take a mo. He was given a motorcycle. Oh to yeah, take the a motorcycle tour. And how cool Europe. was that German dude? Dude, yeah. so Just cool. Like, I want him to, I want to know I, that Matthew McConaughey has just like mailed a million dollar check to that guy at some point. I, I would lo- I would love to hear the follow up if he ever went back to visit him he or not. Like, I, he ha- I, With the way he I would it. almost guarantee he has. I like, would hope so. That was one and of the coolest things ever. Yes. Hate for that like, Ducati that they destroyed. Unbelievable. Un- like, <laughs> just tell me the stories. <laughs> just tell me your stories. <laughs> So, oh, God. you know, that guy had like six kids at home. It was like, just come back and have a beer with me and tell me everything. Yes, <laughs> please. For the love of God. <laughs> Especially the women. Uh, all right. So, David, your turn, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, Nash kind of set me up perfectly for this one with, uh, you know, him talking about his dad. Oh, so professional. Y'all are so good at We're this. professional broadcasters. I'm glad y'all got all the kinks out before I got here. But, um, oh, there's lots of kinks. Yeah. I've noticed. I've been listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the look that Stephen just gave me is traumatizing. <laughs> when you quickly get into this book, I mean, right at the beginning, you realize it's going to be weird. Oh, yeah. And I'm a, per, I'm a pretty buttoned up, conservative, straight-laced guy, and I'm just, I'm looking at Addison like, I don't know if I'm ready for this one. Uh, this is, this, this might be a little, little out there for me. But then he gets into the, the real weight of the book in the first, in the first chapter, and he says something that just really hit hard for me. And he said, the only thing that I ever knew I wanted to be was a father. And I saw that and I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be good. I can connect with this guy because this seems weird. And I've never heard anyone else say it other than reading it in this book. But that's the way I have felt my entire life is I never thought about being a baseball player or an astronaut or a firefighter. Like, I had such a great upbringing and such a great role model in my life. That's all I ever wanted to be. I wanted to be just like that, you know? And, um, 
you know, he was, I ended up doing his job and same profession, but that was never part of it. It was being that father figure. And, um, you know, McConaughey's was jacked up, but he still <laughs> saw the love. He saw that yeah. he saw the value in it. And, and that's how it was for me. And, and that was the first moment in the book. I was like, all right, I'm in for the ride. Take, take yep. me where this guy was going. And yeah. And that was what page 10. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. Like that. I mean, he hits you with some curveballs. Yeah. Like right off the bat. You're like, Oh, okay. This is how this is going to go. All right. Yeah. No, I love, I love that part. And I think we all, I mean, you guys all know each other as well, but I think we all come from that same kind of background. Like we've all grown up with pretty close relationships with our fathers. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it's, it's it's cool to see, and it's it's refreshing. I mean, definitely had challenges, and mine kind of came later in life. But yeah, no, that's well, uh, shit. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, that's a, it ain't perfect, but yeah, but no, the, very much. I mean, that did never missed a baseball game. I mean, mm-hmm. great dad growing up. Yeah, so that's so seeing that, and then hearing, and that's still the takeaway that he had after hearing the stories of like little physical alter- altercations with brothers, <laughs> like mm-hmm. with. No, fight me. You're like, oh, wow, okay, that's... <laughs> All right. Dude, my dad would have beat the shit out of me when I was 18. I was tiny, and he was huge. And like a wrestling champion? No way. Yeah. I, I would just now maybe be a man if, maybe. And that's if my dad's arms break. <laughs> he's still so damn strong. Is there ever a point when you realize that, like... They they still have dad strength every year. Like no matter how big oh God, big yeah. and bad you get, like they're still they have still have dad strength. I'm waiting for dad strength. Like <laughs> you have it, to be a dad. Yeah, that's fair. Well, that I know of. True. Well, you need to find that out because as soon as your mind knows that your body starts. Ah, uh, that's the secret. Yeah. Then you look. You stop being built like a small boy. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to be careful. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, mean, I, thought that, I thought that was Chick. I've been listening yeah. for so long. No, Chick's built like a bag of yogurt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, can we, we're going to pause. I'm my, I'll do my aha right after this, but let's do a general timeline of the book and just how awesome or insane this sucker's life is. Let's just talk for just a second the insanity that was his year in australia oh god i love that story <laughs> so much I, he loses his freaking mind well he goes vegan and eats yes <laughs> he's celibate iceberg lettuce with ketchup <laughs> with ketchup for a year it's well everyone, i guess probably not a it's year. everyone's nightmare of going on a if you're going to be a you know exchange or something like what if i get stuck with crazy people god well and, and his the way he reads it when they're like okay he drove outside of sydney Oh my god! Oh my and then, god. like so the way, because whenever he's he's reading, it, it's so good because he is like, oh, and then we we got past this town, and then it was and in then the rearview mirror, and then past this town. Does he do the accent? Yes, he does. It's pretty good. Does gonna, he's pretty? Yeah, he he nails the Australian. I'm not going to do it because I'm terrible at Australian accent. But well, get lost, Stephen. Yeah, but it I was going to attempt it, but it I was can't. good. I always go English every time I try. So, I, we briefly touched on this, Dave, and I. When they describe, when he gets off the plane, he describes his hosts. So it's his hosts in, in oh, Australia. God, what what did Harry, you Harry what'd Potter you think? immediately? Yes, yes. yes. thank you. One hundred percent. The whole the image. Yes. I, I obviously just reading this and like that's 
Oh, you go to? No, right off the bat. Like, I, I pictured the actor who played the Dursley's dad. Like, I, I just 100% that was him. Little, fat, round guy with a mustache. Shooing, he's shooing little like, McConaughey under <laughs> the stairs. You, you eat your cabbage and you go to your room. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is 100% what I imagined whenever I was reading them. Of course, sitting at the airport, just giggling to myself, just imagining Harry Potter's adopted parents. I'm just like, oh, yes. And Matthew McConaughey is trying to pick up chicks while dealing with Mr. Dursley. Yes, yes. Tales from the Outback. Stephen, can you hit us with a little Aussie, please? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So he says, they just drove past Sydney. And he goes, so technically it's not Sydney that you live in, right? He goes, uh, no, mate. He proudly replied, that's the big city. Scene, scene, scene going on over there, mate. You don't want to be living there. It's no place for civilized men. We actually live a little, a little place down the road here called Gasford on the uh, Central Coast. <laughs> Great sport, beautiful beaches. You're going to love it. Then we continued the small talk and drove over another 40 minutes and Gosford and the population looked at it a little bit to be a couple hundred thousand and it was the coast of the miles of beaches. Pretty happening place. This is going to work beautifully, I said aloud, which is McConaughey. He said that. They said nothing. Continued driving through downtown another 15 to 20 minutes when I noticed Gosford was now in the rearview mirror. Odd. I once again respectfully asked, so it's not actually Gosford that you live in, is it? To which Norville once again protested with pride. Oh, no. Still a bit too citified, mate. Loose morals. Country living's a lot better than that place. We actually live just down the road here. Oh, see, there's English. Here a bit in the uh, in a place called Tukli. You're gonna love it. So there, there's my that was pretty good accent. It's pretty good, <clears throat> but yeah. And then he does that for like five more times, and he finally gets to a population of what, like, like seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like 150. <laughs> <laughs> like no, nothing out, not even on the coast, just like out in the just sticks oh. of Australia. But no, Matt. Once again. This is what I love about this book. It's entertaining as hell. It's a good, light, funny read. However, there is still amazing lessons to be learned. He yeah. committed to the guy. I don't need to sign a contract. I'll stay for a year. Yep, and he I gave ended my word. Up in hell, <laughs> where he for six was, months. The only thing he did at night, if y'all remember, was laid in the bathtub and had a little me time. Yep, right. Yep, and listened to the same album and yes, basically masturbated the. And then went to bed. And but he made a verbal commitment, and he didn't back out. Like I love this guy. Yeah. I, just no, there's no quitting, right? Respect. Yeah. A lot of respect after reading this book. So you guys said it earlier. Have you? Um, so while he's there, he gets told that they had discussed it, <clears throat> and he is now to uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, refer them as mom and dad. Mom, mom and dad. dad. We have decided. So. You won't call me mom. <laughs> Matthew, so, do you have a moment to talk? Yeah. Meet me in the library. Is this a southern thing? A southern United States thing where like that is completely... Just a no-go. And utterly disrespectful I mean, I I, to your parents? Yeah, I, I grew up in Texas, so I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I related to a lot of like what he said as far as like family values and all that stuff growing up. Like that. That's my West Texas... Family yeah. who are redneck as hell, <laughs> just Good. redneck Good as hell, and yeah, I, just, I, I heard a lot. Of, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a lot of that 
What about you? Have you ever like thought about calling your in-laws like mom or dad? I've never even considered it. So my wife, Renee, who still hates this podcast, is <clears throat> she's from New York. Her parents are from Syracuse. So this we had this happen. So when we got married, like as we're about to get married, like we're engaged, the marriage is like a week. She told me that her parents wanted me to call them mom and dad now after we were married. And I was like, I can't I do that. Can't do that. They're not my mom and dad. They're not. I have a mom and dad. I can't. I can't do that. Like that. I, I can't think of a few, th- like anything that would be more disrespectful to my parents than calling your parents mom and dad. But they, that's exactly what they did. They called their each parents mom and dad. Like yeah. that's just how it was. And that's what they expected. And it wasn't like they were trying to be, they, it blew them away. It was so weird at first that that was just disrespectful. I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't do that. No, nope. like, that is, it's not natural. If my mom hears me call your mom mom, she'll kill me and her. I, I agree. That's not going to happen. I, I think the same thing would happen. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's all of like the north versus south, but I, I know that that's very common or not a big deal up there. But man, when he, when he, but I love that. All I remember was that. I love that's like, no, what he put his foot do down that. on. Yeah. Can't like, it was, like, nope, like every, everything else, six months, it was like, nope, that's it. Whoa, like, whoa. And got into like a physical altercation with. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, like he, he punched through out. the door, right? Or did he not? Oh, he did knock him out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he punched through the door and then he decked him. Like, God, I'm telling you, dude, I think it's something to do with the South. Matthew. For sure, but you you got to watch out for that one. He's got a berserker mode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved I loved his going away party. So like after the six months where he finally just taps out and he's like, look, I can't. He goes to the Rotary Club president. After running through a storm for five miles, the guy's like, "What are you doing? It's like, like a tornado? It's a out tornado here. out here!" Like he was like, uh, "Do you think I could come in?" And then he like basically just, "I'd like to experience a different family." <laughs> and then at the the next six months, he goes kind of hops from house to house, and then uh, they're at his going away party, and they're all drinking and having a good time, and they're like, "Wow, we're just amazed you made it six months!" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "You knew." <laughs> he's like, "I was going insane in that house." And you knew. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. But, yeah, I, I feel like that's also very... I, I do feel like Australians are pretty analogous to southern United States. Yeah. As far as a lot of, like, values and just, like, that. Like, they thought that was hilarious. Like, they were just like, oh, was we were just going to, like, bust your balls. Like, oh, yeah, you totally stayed with them. Like, they thought, like, the whole town, because, like, all of them except for that family were there, and they're all like, all seven oh, yeah, people were in they're crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you know they knew, like, just how <laughs> insane these people were. All right, so my second um, big point that I actually didn't even read out beforehand, so is on page 111, and it kind of goes into 112. But it was when he talks about being less impressed and more involved. And it's right after his dad dies, and it's this realization. I think that it's kind of that moment of clarity that you can that anyone's ever going to get of like that wisdom, the epiphany, whatever you want to call it, that during a time like that where, man, I just think this is some of the truest wisdom, and I wrote the whole thing down. It just says, the sooner we become less impressed with our life, our accomplishments, our career, our relationships, the prospects in front of us, the sooner we become less impressed and more involved with these things, the sooner we get better at them. We must be more than just happy to be here. 
And he kind of talks and he leads into that with, he kind of had a realization with his dad passing away that he, he had to grow up. It was, I mean, he's yeah. in college. He's got to, he's like, man, I need to take this. It's not just a, I can't just be happy to be here anymore. Yeah. I have to, to start taking and being more intentional about my craft or my work or whatever it is that I'm doing in life. Yeah. And when, and I read that and I underlined it a few times, I read it back a few more times. I just think that that was such a good way to, to say it. And then a good way to, um, abbreviate it, which is just less impressed, more involved. Yeah. No, I like that one a lot. I struggled with that part. I, of course I mean, you did legit took time and uh, for real though. And I've struggled with it many times before. Um, and there's a, there's a fine line and I just haven't figured it out yet. And I think obviously McConaughey has, and you obviously don't know how much he has cause he's got a lot of skeletons and he's one of those guys that's just you know wild. Right. And how much of it, how much of his craziness and how much is it under control? Right. Yeah. But I read this and you know, I remember stopping and thinking about it cause what he was referring to was, you know, he was living the high life in Hollywood. You know, he was making all the money living everyone's dream life with all the girls and all the stuff. And, you know, he realized he needed to stop being impressed with himself, right, and, mm-hmm. and back up and, and be more involved in it. And that's something I've always struggled with is, you know, having that that inner look, right, that conceit, right? And But where I've struggled is it's also what's gotten me to where I am because I grew up with yeah. that chip on my shoulder. Like I was always the youngest, I was always the smallest and it, and it drove me to just push harder and, and go faster and all that. And it's hard to find that switch. Like when is it too far? Like when do you mm-hmm. when do you got to stop pushing and, and back up and, and and not be so impressed and, and not look inside. Um, but yeah, that one kind of that one hit me a bit. Still working on that one. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I think that it's I don't I mean I don't think that you'll ever any of us will ever master it. But I think the fact that you're trying is a big part of it, right? I think that's yeah. where you're you're not like you're not so impressed or so where you've got now or where you are where you're just like, nah, I'm done. Right. I've arrived. Like I got nothing else to learn. I got I'm I'm just I'm just here to party. Yeah. You know, like I'm done. So I think that's a I think that's a big part of it. And I think a lot of guys and people that I know go through it, especially as there's that moment when you, as you get older and you start to mature, you have to get to a point where you're like, all right, like, I don't, I don't want, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to just go and party and enjoy, like, my life's great, but I, I, I got to move forward. Mm-hmm. Got to keep going. You know, I love my hobbies. I love doing this or that, but I'm married now and I got a kid. Like, I got to be a father now. Like, right. I got to stop certain things. I got to start move forward and be better at this. Which he kind of goes into more later, but... And, you know, that's... And this is another thing that I... And this book got me thinking about it again is, like, you know, all I've ever wanted to be was a father, right? But we're in such a prime in our careers right now, and we're, you know, you're obviously in the same place I am, and pushing... Yeah, and, not yet. And, and, yeah. Well, <laughs> doing the same thing, right? About and, five years behind, but yeah. And, and successful and going one route, and it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a drug, right? Like mm-hmm. you get addicted to the success and, and keep going. And, but then, you know, like, Hey, the more time I am over here, the less time I am with the, with the kids. Right. And, and anyway, it, it's, what is that balance? How do you figure out what's right? Um, and anyway, that was a good place where I just really thought about that more. It was strong. But I think almost the counterpoint to that is I, I enjoyed how he would go very 
both ends of the spectrum there of where he just for a while was like, I'm just going to pick up and take the fifth wheel and go drive around the United States and just like, nope, I'm unplugging from everything and I'm just going to do whatever. And whatever comes my way is what happens. And I I thought that was a very interesting. He lives a life of extremes. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He's either, he's either on or off. Yeah. Because of his mom. Yeah, right? I, mean, I mean, is he not just yeah. his mom, yeah. essentially? Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, and even when he did that, though, one thing that was really impressive with the whole like movement is that <clears throat> he never stopped working, and he never no. he just made it work and yes. picking up executives or whoever. Yeah, like oh, you're, you're gonna fly into Salt Lake, and we're gonna go drive to Chicago, and uh, yes. you're gonna pitch so, me, you're gonna pitch me the next movie while we drive for ten hours, and yeah. uh, you just sit next to me and do it and. Like he never stopped that. That that to me was really impressive. It's not like he just went off the like he went off radar and he didn't work or do anything. You didn't hear from him for three years, except no, for his two year hiatus. Well, except for the two year hiatus, apparently. But <laughs> he he still did some of those. But and not three so years. Impressive, yeah. you know, yeah. where he's like, okay, I'm gonna let me, you know, that's cool. But yeah. you're gonna meet me here. I'll pick you up at the airport and I'll move you to the next one. But it's like, my God, like that still shows some drive of that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do and live what I want, kind of that work-life balance, but it's going to be inconvenient at times, but I'll do it because then mm-hmm. the reward is so much wor- is worth it later. Yeah. Nash? Um, You're up, bro. Oh, I'm up. I'm up. Where am I going to go? Oh, I'm going to go uh, the, the Africa story, which, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to backpedal real quick. The wet dreams. <laughs> the wet dreams. The first one was so awkward, but then, like, they the didn't get any point. less awkward. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Another yeah. wet dream story. I'm, I'm listening to Matthew McConaughey's uh, nocturnal emissions with these just yes. cracked out. He, he started off with like African tribes flooding on the Amazon. I'm just going, no, the Amazon's in South America. There's no African tribes. That was. Next to the, I was like, no. <laughs> like, See, that part the nerd I in me just that. like freaked out. I was like, no, this is not right. It's not geographically correct. <laughs> he was like, so then I spent an hour trying to figure yes. out where the Amazon River was in Africa. And I was like, yeah, it ain't there. You're, like, You're not going to find it. That I loved that he even just put that in the book, that he didn't leave it out of yeah. like, I literally spent an hour, whatever long. I mean, it was well over an hour trying to find the Amazon River in the continent of Africa. He's yeah. like, and as you probably know, it's not it's there. It's not in the continent of Africa, which my wife, I guarantee you, didn't know that. So then I got on a plane and went to look. Yeah. So then I, yeah, so then I went and lived in Africa for a while among the tribesmen. But no, the, uh, the wrestling match that he talks about. Um, yeah. Before you get in the wrestling match, can you imagine the balls on this guy to float naked in the Amazon River with what you know is inside there? Yeah, no, no, I'm good. I've seen no, Anaconda. That, that is insane, so insane, right? Yes. When I read that, I was like, this guy, he's, oof. So to your wrestling match. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, you what? do know what's in that river, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah bad. Um, no, but the the wrestling match, and I, when he talks to the, the tribal elder, and he's like, you know, dude, how did I do? Or he's asking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, Oh, you, you did well. You did well, Matthew. And, uh, and the lesson that he took from that and, and what the, the chief basically told him was like, no, you accepted the challenge. And that's all it took. And that's all it took. Like mm-hmm. it didn't win or lose. It didn't like the fact that you were willing to just take the leap was a win. And I thought that was really interesting to hear from, you know, this tribal elder in, Africa and tribal elder. He's probably like forty five years old, but yeah, in six months from death. Yeah, (laughs) 
Oh, I, third I, worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I, I thought it was very... We suck. Yeah, that was very interesting. So like, that's a... That's a profound statement there. So I like yeah. I like that one. But it was so cool thinking about the challenges you have in your life. And like, I mean, you know, the, the story there is like, I fought some dude in Africa that was the <laughs> oh, king of sweet three towns. Like, yeah. And then he walked me to the next town because I owned his ass. Like, yeah. I mean, it, what a great really? lesson. Just take the challenge. <laughs> yep. Don't run from it. Take the challenge. Well, yep. he said, so he said in page... So it's in page 200 that he talked about it, and he talks about leave your leave your stain or something. But he, he says, take the challenge or forever regret not knowing. Yep. And he's like, leave your mark or leave your... Isn't it right? Isn't it leave your yes, stain? Yes, but you remind me of the one moment in the book where he was indecisive in his life, and he talked about every night going to bed with an itchy butthole and waking yeah, up oh, with yeah. a stinky, stinky finger. finger. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... He just puts it all out there. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. God. So, but I love that. I mean, just the fact of like, you know, so, I mean, I've had people ask me before, why did you go to college first? Then you went to the army. Like, why did you do all that? Blah, blah, blah. And it's, I knew growing up, like I knew my whole life that military and being in the military was really important or I really wanted to do it. And then I, I got close to where I was just probably just never going to do it. And it did hit me at one point that I just knew if I never, if I didn't do it, I would regret it for the rest of my life. And that feeling of like the thought of getting like 80 and just truly regretting something like that was scary. And I think that's, I think that's important. And I know a lot of people that, I mean, even with this podcast, like when we started it, I started it and I talked to, or me and Schick started it and I talked to a couple of people, dude, I can't tell you how many people that were like, man, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you, you just take action. There's literally no, nothing standing in your way. Like you, you just got to have to like YouTube things for like an hour. And then Once again, if Steven can it. figure out exactly. how to do it, there's no barrier to entry. 100%, right? Like my IQ level is pretty low. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my dog could figure it out. Like, you, like there's nothing, you know, you don't have to have a license. You don't have to do anything. You literally can just start your own deal. And it's just, but people have said that with other things too. Oh, I always wanted to go in the army. I always want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, just freaking do it. Do it. If that's what you want to do, do it or regret not knowing. Just I, do, ugh, it. I do it. Just do, do it. it. And do, do it. it. And do it. Greatest motivational video. Oh, so great. Out there. Just R. do it. <clears throat> so, uh, on to the next one. Yeah, on to you, brother. Uh, follow the rules until you're man enough to break them. Loved that. <laughs> Man. I just loved all of his, like, family's... Yes. Just... Outlaw life. Outlaw life. Like, it just all that eccentric, you know, the, the mom... You weren't in trouble. No plagiarizing. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's just, you know, I think it's such a, a, you know, some people could read that and think it might be a little crazy, but... You got to accept the outcome. You got to be man enough to live with the results. If you're going to break the rules, you got to be willing to live with the results. Are you going to get hit for it? Maybe. Accept it. Yeah. Right? You don't, yeah. It goes back to that victim mentality. Hey, look, if you chose to play that game, you live with the results, right? And if you don't get caught, you don't get caught. Cool. But I just love that. And, you know, at, my wife is a stickler for staying inside the lines and she always gives me a problem because I'm not. And, um, you know, and, yeah, and that's, but no hey, soul. if I, I will take my punishment, right? 
Yeah, if well, it, I think that's the whole not being comes, a victim, right? Yeah. Once you're man enough to not be, you're not going to play the victim card. You're like, yeah, you got to own what you make. I mean, if you're going to break I the rules, this. you make the, yeah, I it's your decision. It. Give it to me. Yep. Yep. I love that. Yeah. Great mentality. Yeah. Great mentality. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was all that's really the, good. All of the family's life lessons just for yeah, they're out, they're I mean, they just, have so many. just so good. So many. They're, the whole family is just incredibly, I mean, they're over the top in every possible way. Well, I love the story about them, the seeing eye dog. Yes, I was just thinking about that. Just thinking about that. So Pat the brother. <laughs> okay. I have night blindness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without breaking a Without breaking a eye contact or missing uh, a beat. Right like, and he did his, oh, it's, it's night blindness. And he did his best uh, Rain Man impression. Yes. Like, and he's like, I don't know why he did that, because that wasn't... It's like, and he's talking in fragmented sentences all of a sudden, and louder. And then I noticed that I'm now talking louder at him, although he's, he's blind, not deaf. <laughs> I did. I thought that was awesome. God, how was how so incredible good. was it that... I mean, we so we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like, He's not a method actor whatsoever, no. but how he prepared for roles and the crazy stuff he would do to try and get himself in the mentality of this character. Yeah. He just had, I mean, that man did some wild things. Yeah. Like, you know, an example, he was scared of heights and he would climb up on this barn and his goal was to put his feet over the edge of it, right? What would a dragon slayer do? Yeah. I mean, w- <laughs> wake up and start drinking tequila while you're still laying in bed. It just... But also, I want to know how high was he whenever he went through that, like when he was going when through the list. The plan? Yeah, when he made the plan yes. of like, he like had to be stumped. how baked was he when he was like two shots of tequila in the morning, five miles across because I breathe the fire. Hundred, yeah, the hundred and eight degree. Yeah, barefoot because you know barefoot. That makes he's sense. a dragon slayer. He's a dragon slayer. Gotta have tough feet. Dragons are tough. <laughs> like, you know? Do you think so? I, I wonder about that because on his one trip that he took. He said he only took one hit of ecstasy, ecstasy or whatever yeah. he took. He, he said he only took one for the whole trip. So I did kind of wonder, like, how often is this guy really high? And, you know, <laughs> how much does he just partake? A little bit. You know, just, I think it's a lot, a little, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Just, <laughs> ex, well, like, what, what do you say about the, the, the bongo, the, the, the beat in the bongos? Good. He said, uh, yes. The bong story. The, the, <laughs> the sun never stops shining if you're high enough. I got to chuckle at that one. I was like... That's a good one. I yeah, like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that. Yeah, one. Yeah, keep that one. God, he. No, uh, I definitely think he a guy. At the very minimum is doing the weed um, frequently. I love the naked bongo story. Just the fact that everyone in the world seems to know knows that story, that story, and he got into the details. It's just great, and he he owns it. He owns everything. Yeah, I love that he, he walked out the front everything. door too. Yes, like and would not allow them to put any clothes on him. Nope. This is my innocence. This is my innocence. I am innocent. You are dragging me out of my house, and the, the I am six, not wearing the nothing. The six foot five, yeah. two hundred and sixty-five <laughs> in me. He's like, maybe when that guy tells you you should put some pants on before going to the clinker, you probably should. It's like, yeah, it's probably a good life lesson right there. I think I'm going to put them on now. That's a green light. Yeah, <laughs> green light. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I love how he referenced it back to it too when he moved back to Texas. And he's like, so I grab my bongo drums yeah, and, and move back to Texas. Back. <laughs> it was good. It's good. Great grand. Um, I've got one last one, don't I? Yes, sir. Make it count. Oh, it's not going to count. 
Well, we'll count because it's your last one. So, so um, I'll save that one because we're actually going to talk about that at the episode. To, well, I guess it's already come out by the time this comes out. Um, so when he talks about when he clears his head and he's not trying to be his own God and he sees... Um, no, that's not the right one. So when he talked about... Um, when he decided he wasn't going to kind of like he starts kind of he went through like some weird like Christian or religious kind of thing and then he decided he's like well I'm not gonna I'm gonna do my own thing and I'm hoping that when he questioned his faith for a little while yeah and yeah. he kind of but he's kind of like still praying a little bit and he's like he basically prayed like I hope you can respect the fact that I'm just not gonna I'm gonna do this myself and I'm not gonna just leave it all in your hands yeah and I think that. Um, I think that that's a fine line to be walked as a Christian. I think it's a good thing. I do think, and I've heard and I've, I've been around it where people are, they, they way over exaggerate that to the point where it's religion. It's not actual Christianity or whatever. It's, it's just, you know, they don't do anything. Well, we've had those, we've had those talks before where absolutely it, but I think that also goes back to the victimhood and accountability there of, you know, well, because if you don't do anything, you can't be accountable. Yeah. It's like, not oh, my fault. Oh, it's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. Really? Like, you're just going to let so everything just be in God's hands? So like you're going to drive just, 150 miles an hour down 35? Yeah. Are you just in the passenger seat? You're just going to say, well, it's in God's hands. God has the wheel. <laughs> no, jackass. You have to drive the car. Okay? If the, jar, if the car flies off the bridge and whatever, then okay, maybe it was God, but... No, you can't. You have yeah. to do something. It's like medicine. That's like people being like, well, I'm really clinically depressed and I'm miserable and I have a lot of anxiety, but I'm not going to get medication. I'm just going to pray. It's in God's hands. Or I'm not going okay, to eat healthy and go exercise and do the things that. No, you yeah. Know. My heart health is in God's hands. <laughs> really? Oh, wait. He's not doing on. a wonderful job with it. Yeah. And God's like, I mean, I invented gyms. Yeah. So <laughs> like, yeah. Why don't you go to that one? You know, like I, I made doctors. I helped them create medicine. Eat Use a carrot. It. Yeah. Stop eating. You need a carrot. Yeah, God. I just, or I like, had a lettuce with ketchup. Or so the... I, I told... Yeah. I, that, I think that leads to masturbation, and that's a sin, apparently. So, that, yeah, that is. Um, Only for Catholic. No, it's not. Exactly. Thank you. So, you know, and I, but I do think that's... I, I kind of liked that. I kind of liked that he went there, but I think he... I definitely think it's a dangerous line to... Uh, or it's a very hard line to walk on where you're like, it's all on me now. Yeah. And you kind of be, try to become your own God, and you... I don't think that's going to work either. And I, I don't think, I know it's not going to work either. We all make terrible gods for our, for ourselves and we're going to, cause we're not perfect. We're going to fail. And if all we're relying on is, is ourself and then it's, I mean, it's good that he still continues to own up to it, but he also has another wet dream shortly after that and has to go to Africa or I think it was Africa. And so I they, think, yeah, cause he that, went to that Amazon, was Amazon first and then he went to Africa later. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just, you know, he's, so I don't know. I I would, uh, I guess, challenge or ask you to dig a little deeper into that on where you think that mistake is. Because obviously, let's say you're the other side, right? Where you are following the path of Christianity or whatever you Mm want to choose and you're leaning on him. You're still going to fail. You're still going to make mistakes. So you're going to do it either way. So I'm curious as to why you think that's a dangerous path. I think that you are. So at at some point you're, you're no longer trusting God at all. 
you still have, I think God wants you to just like a parent, like a parent wants, we want our children to still trust us and look to us and ask us questions and still, we want to be involved in their life and we don't want them to completely turn their back on us and be like, no, I don't need to do anymore. I got it all figured out. I'm good. And I don't think that's the intent of for God. And I don't think that's, I think he still wants a relationship with us and still wants us to rely on him for some things and trust us and trust him. And when you completely go off and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to leave it up to you. It's all on me now. I don't think it's a bad thing if you can, if you can say you're not going to use it as a crutch or as an excuse to just not do anything. I think that's a problem. Uh, but if you go so far as to say, like, I don't need you at all, then you've basically replaced him and you've replaced God. And, you, and I think that's where you become, a, it's, it's essentially idolatry. So you've become, you've created your own God or whatever it is that it is, and whether it's you or something else. And you're like, I'm totally self-reliant. I don't need you anymore. And then, so you just change it from one God to a different one. And that's, that's just an idol. Yeah. And it starts to become a problem. And I think that's the line. I think that's the line of, you still, there's still, you're still supposed to have a relationship, and he wants a relationship with us. And so if we don't have that, if you refuse it anymore, and you're like, like I don't need you anymore, I got this whole thing figured out, I think that's a, I think that's a mistake. But I don't, I, I want, I, I do like that he, because again, I've met people that, they, that take that too far, and, and they think that it's, they can't do anything. And it, I mean, they can't, it, it, I think that's where it becomes, ultra religious and religious is where it's like, you know, you ask them a question. It's like, well, what, um, do you want to go left or right? Do you want to go to McDonald's? Do you want to go to Taco Bell? I mean, obviously we go to Taco Bell, but yeah, you're like, you know, that's a bad example. Cause it everyone is. knows the answer to that one. So yeah. if you want to go to like a McDonald's or Burger King, you're like, well, I don't need to pray about it. I mean, hold on. Like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm going to smack you. That one. And I guarantee you God's like, please slap him. Please slap him. <laughs> Punch him in the face. <laughs> like that. No, that's not it. That he's missing the point. So, um, well, yeah. we, we've had those talks before. If I just, I have issues with praying in general of like, Oh, I have to ask for help with some petty little. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that cares issue. That much. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. I, mean, I think he cares. There are but I don't starving think children in Africa right now. And I'm, sure. I'm asking him about, should I go to McDonald's or Burger King? Like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, let's, uh, Please let me win my... I could really use a win in my fantasy football league. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Please just help um, me pick the right portion in this draft tonight. Yeah, like Could I might yeah. get four points tonight. I feel yeah. like that's a little egocentric at that point. Whenever 100%. you're, you're, oh, yeah. okay. My biggest problem is first world problems. I've like, never met a person though that lives that life that doesn't have some major issues. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because they rely so hard, and there's there always seems to be a pretty deep issue that has caused them to go that far. Well, and it's sometimes I've I've met them because I've been around the church long enough, and if you it doesn't take long to find them, but um, it's it's that look, there's a difference between believing in God, being a Christian, and just being super religious and self righteous, and they take everything to the extreme in every way possible, and God's like, hey. You know, I've read a book and it's called Religion uh, Religion Saves and Nine Other Misconceptions. And he kind of talks about religion. And he's like, it's like religion is essentially if the Bible, God said, hey, don't put, don't touch this box or don't put this box on a, on your table, your kitchen table. And that's all it is. 
And then, so they take it like five steps further and they don't even allow it in their house. But you have it in your house, it's just not the kitchen table, which is what it says. And then the super religious self-righteous person looks at you and like looks down at you and you're like, oh my God, you have it in your house? I don't even have it in my house. I would never even let it in my house. Why are you such a bad That's person? Wrong. I'm, such yeah. a, I'm such a better Christian than you are. Exactly. That's self, just crazy self-righteous religious crap. What? And it's... Did you read the such book? Such a problem. You know, like, have you read the book at all? Like, I don't like, think that's what that says. It actually fact, just says, it says you don't, it says don't put you it on the kitchen do that. table. Yeah, like, <laughs> all it says is don't put it on the kitchen table. It's not on my kitchen table. Yeah, but I wouldn't even. But I'm not even tempted to put it on my kitchen table because it's in the attic, or it's not even in my house. Yours is in your attic. What is wrong with you? It's like, oh god, ugh, I can't imagine. I would hate to be God. It's got to be so just frustrating to watch how stupid we are. <laughs> I would just be why bashing I, my head against why clouds. Why do they make these people I know, so like, dumb? Oh, God, they're so stupid. But also victim-y. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> victim-y. I like that word. Okay, so that was mine. That was my third third and final. Nashipoo? Um, you wrote the quote down, so I'll have to refer back to your quote that you, you put down. But the, uh, the doing the work... Oh, so writing things down is good. Yeah. Interesting. Really, this takeaway right here. All right, here we go. You ready? Hit me with it. It is page 137. Because I love this story. Like, this story was so good. On behalf of Nash, (laughs) we have to prepare to have freedom. We have to do the work to then do the job. We have to prepare for the job so we can be free to do the work. Yeah, and I I loved that because it comes off of that's his green light off of just getting caught with his pants down. Yeah. Not because he goes into that role. That what a got, great story. And he's just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get in the mind of this drug smuggler. I'm just going to, that, that's, I'm just going <laughs> to, what would he do? That's he was what going I would, back to his old days when yeah. he used to freewheel and he gotten all buttoned up. Yeah. And he was like, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm just going to let go and, you know, because he had done like the the theater, like the acting school and all that, and had gotten too, too many classes. Up. Yeah, right, too right. many classes where he was putting too much thought into it, and just had kind of let go of that kind of off the cuff, dazed and confused improv that he really got the roles for. And he gets caught with his pants on, goes gets on set, and they hand him a a five page monologue that's all in Spanish, and he just sort of <laughs> looks at the, the script and just immediately is like. Oh shit! <laughs> like yeah. he said, uh, guys, I'm gonna need twelve minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna need twelve minutes. I, lo- I love that he said twelve minutes. Yeah. It, and I, when he said it, I immediately knew what he was doing. It was like the amount of time that wouldn't be too much to ask for, but also was enough that he could like, I don't know, maybe Try learn a foreign something. language. In, like, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> like, I work well under deadlines. Yeah, like no. So I loved that green light from that because like. Who hasn't ever been in a situation where you're like, oh, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. I mean, I can't tell you how many times college I would go into a test and I'm like, going to nail this. Open up the test and I'm like, the fuck language is this in? Like, (laughs) when when did we cover this in class? Like, what? I don't think I was here for this one. I must have walked into the wrong room today. So I I love that, that, uh, that quote because it's, it's fitting. I mean, you have to be able to be prepared to do the work. And I, you know, I, I just liked, and yeah, just giggling at thinking of Matthew McConaughey and the, that, Oh shit. Look on his face when he realized it's all in Spanish. <laughs> so, so I have one, um, or I wrote this down too. And I have, 
so that this is kind of my one. It reminds me of the whole like luck favors the prepared. Yeah. Saying. Yep. Right. So I am like that by default. What he did. Yeah. Like just not preparing for things. Really. Just trying to wing it. That really surprises me. I so know. Much. I know. It's wow. amazing, but yes, we're. This is I'm peeling back the onion and revealing myself to you. Um, layers. Yeah. There's two. Um, but it's, <laughs> so it's, and honestly, I think, and I've, I've, I hate it about myself actually. So screw all of you. And by screw you, I said, I mean, fuck all of you. But, um, so it does drive me crazy though. I really do. It, it, it drives me crazy. And I think a lot of it when I was a kid and whatever else I think it stems from is just like a failure of, uh, or a fear of failure. Yeah. And then if I, but cause if I, if I fail and I don't prepare, there's a little bit of a write-off there. Yeah, and to my mind, it's like, well, yeah, but I didn't really... I wasn't super prepared for it. I didn't really give it my all. Yeah. And I didn't, and, and I didn't really try hard. Yeah. Right? Because to me, to really try hard and put everything I have into it and really prepare and then fail... Is the worst failure. Is frightening Yeah, to me. And so I think that I still struggle with it. And honestly, what what's kind of kills me is when I do look back the times that I have truly put everything I have into something I don't know if I've ever failed but it's also it's not saying a ton because it's rare that I've done it but when I look back at my life I'm like man I mean I got into like a past selection I did different things like the things I've truly put everything I have into it I mean I think there's only a few times that I've ever failed in my life so it's like why is this such a f- scary thing like most of the time I'm successful like I've got a pretty good track record right now so why am I not why why? But I mean I don't that, know, just that's the secret right there. I mean what what you focus on, intently truly focus on and set your mind on, you're gonna achieve it. May not be tomorrow, right? Right. May not be next week, but if you stick to it, you're gonna get there, right? And most people just they can't go far enough or they don't commit because they leave that they leave that that safety. Yeah, the safety them, net of, well, right? yeah, I didn't really put it all yeah, in. Yeah, you know, I didn't really give it a shot, you know? Yeah. They set themselves up for failure. They didn't burn the boats on the beach. Gotta burn them. Right. Burn the ships. I think you're right. It's been a great session. Mm. I feel better. Can I finish? You always do. All right. Usually first. That's Addison, what I've heard, that's what she said. All right, so, you know, I went back and forth on my last one. You know, I wanted to finish with uh, I will form good habits and become a slave to them, but I'm not, I'm not going to finish on that one. So okay. we'll just, you know, we'll skip that one. Do that, everybody. Form habits. I would like to finish on uh, something he said about his. So in this book, he put a lot of his poetry in here in his short stories. and His, his poetry? Well, well, some, some of, some of his, um, <laughs> um, as long as you understand it, does it mean something it's to yours. you? <laughs> uh, wisdom from Mama McConaughey. Yep. Gotta love it. But um, this one was he called, won that poetry contest. It's amazing. He did. Uh, this one's called Tribes, and um, I wish everybody could see the world like this because I feel like it would solve a lot of the problems that we're dealing with. Um, and I don't want to just say today because we've had these problems for all of time, but creating 
all these little sections of humanity and it's us versus them. Right. And, and that's, and we're obviously seeing it with politics play out today and the way the media is portraying everything. They're trying to divide us up and they're doing a very good job of it. But, um, what the, the part that he said in his poem that I really liked was the more we travel, the more we realize how similar we are as that we have as human needs. We want to be loved. We want to have a family community and have something to look forward to. Those are just basic human instincts. And yeah, I was very fortunate to travel the world growing up and see all these different places. And um, Steve and I obviously still do it today when he's, you know, decides to be good enough at his job to earn <laughs> some of these trips. But uh, burned all of them. You see some of these. You go and see other cultures in the world, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know, Stephen went to the military and decided to go shoot a bunch of those uh, people. But mm-hmm. minus the French, fuck the French. Yeah, those guys. I actually did really fuck not the French. Enjoy They're like Paris. that's like the only group of people that I will yeah. say like I just really don't like. Did them. you enjoy being in Paris? I've never been. Oh, yeah, see, here we go back yeah, to him. There we go. Not I wasn't, I wasn't eligible good. for that one. I wasn't sure, even an agent cultured yet. See, once again, he didn't fully commit. I wasn't an so, agent and I couldn't go. But the point is, you go to these other places, and when you actually meet them and talk to them, whether it's another country or it's the left or the right or another race, you realize we all have the same needs. We all have the same cares. We're not d- different. We have people, way more in common right? than we do. A hundred percent. Differences. And I think that. Big time. Yeah. Except for Californians. And oh, God, man. You mean our, our neighbors? Um, yeah. Welcome Matt, to Texas. Nash keeps selling them houses. Um, I try not to. But yeah, you know, it's funny. My wife always made fun of me years ago when Snapchat was actually a thing. They came out with um, the Snapchat map. Y'all remember that? Yep. And you could actually. No, I've actually never had you could, Snapchat. You could go click on anywhere in the world and you could see. Like their stories. Stephen from- Barber's story in Iran. Oh, that's cool. And what was so cool about it is you go see this little family in India sitting in their room playing a game and it's just what they're sharing. And like, I always said that I was like, this is going to bring more peace in the world because I can see this dude in Iran that the media is telling me wants to blow me up. And I'm like, they're normal people. Right. And she thought that was hilarious, but still the point is, it's like, we're not that different. We just don't, we don't know each other. And, um, you know, he touched on that. I thought it was cool. And I just, I think we need so much more of that in the world that we're living in today because we are just being pulled apart in every possible way. And we need more of that. We yeah. need more unity. Absolutely. You would think that with the, um, with the technology we have today, that it would be easier. And, so much and, easier. And more, we would be relating to each other more. And then for some reason that's, that's, there are people, whether intentionally doing it or unintentionally that are doing it to, to kind of push people apart. Uh, but you're 100 percent right. I Completely mean, intentionally, and I and I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that says like social media is a bad thing. So I think it it's just a tool, right? There's a lot of good, but there is also, it, well, the algorithms drive you to the things that you want to see, right? So yeah, you want to be uber conservative. They're going to keep feeding you the uber conservative. That's all you're going to see. They're going to keep painting the the bad picture of the other side, and it. Well, controversy gets more clicks. Exactly. So it just feeds you what you want, and then you get stuck in your little hole, right? But that's where I found when I have traveled, some of the the best conversations I've had with people have always been <clears throat> over a beer and long format. Just sitting down and yeah. just talking. Just talk for two or three hours. I mean, just, just go. Don't no hold bar. Don't hold anything back. Talk about whatever comes up you tend to find that, again, your differences are 
way fewer than what you have in common. Mm-hmm. That goes across countries, continents, doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, people want to be happy. Like that that is yeah. really what drives most people. And I think <clears throat> get a little off topic, but I think the the social media feeds into very quick lack of context interactions where 100%. you feel yep. a little bit of anonymity there of something that you would say to a stranger on the internet is not something that you would have the balls to say Never. sitting face to face. I mean, I tell Steven he's an ugly bastard. He is ugly. But I'm not a bastard, but I'm Yeah, he is ugly. Pretty though. ugly though. That wasn't totally fair. <laughs> but but that's not something like most people would not say that to somebody like and not with true hatred in their heart. Like not what you see on social media where somebody is just like it just they're angry. No consequences. No, yeah, no consequences because mm-hmm. they're not sitting right there and they don't have to justify or go further into that conversation. Like they can just leave. It's done. It's over. Like they don't have to go through and be like, okay, here's why I don't like you. And then you talk it through and go, and then Steven gets to come back and say, well, that's not me. Like, well, they, they also they, don't have to see the pain. Yeah. They don't see that's what, true. what they say does. Yeah. It's not real. It's, it's just, it's just out there. Yeah. And, so it's, they don't have to feel anything. They might not even feel that upset, but they can type however they want. Yeah. And they don't have to look someone in the eye and, and watch them take the the criticism or whatever it is. You yeah. wouldn't do you if even if you were gonna give criticism to someone in real life and you're sitting in front of them and it's true and I am ugly, it's not gonna be you're you're gonna say it in a different way. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get the point across or whatever it is. If you're gonna have a disagreement, it's a totally different, complete way of having the disagreement. Yeah. It's not yelling. It's not violent. I mean, most people are. My God, most people you get around are so anti-confrontational. It's insane. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna. I mean, you can be a keyboard warrior all you freaking want, but that's just not reality. Yeah. But again, I, I liked. But I also love his whole outlook on life of just. Like he wanted to drive in all 50 states, like just because. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how much experience do you get by traveling? I tell people the probably the biggest thing that you can do to become a more well-rounded person is travel. Yeah. Yep. Go see totally other people. Agree. Go talk with other people who are not from your little bubble that you grew up around. Because when you do that, you Fire start mouth. to re- yeah, like you start to realize, oh, okay, they are. They live differently and it just interactions are totally different, but they're not like there's nuances, but they're, but, but the, the moral fabric is the same. I still remember. So I'm from Memphis, went to Alabama and I did not know any Hispanic people like my whole life, never like actually knew one. And I got to Texas and obviously they're everywhere. And I have a lot of employees that are, and I still remember the first time one of them, one of them opened up to me and they're like, did you used to hate us? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I mean, like all, all white people like hate Mexicans. Right. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? What? And like, they had this, this idea, to me. they had this idea in their head that like, that's just how it was. And like, fortunately, <laughs> you know, we create this safe space and Steven's got the same thing. We're like, none of this is off topic. You know, we talk about yeah. race and politics and religion and, in the workspace and we have, you know, every diverse possibility there. And it's really cool to get this stuff out in the open and and share your thoughts. And it's like, 
wait, that's what you think about us? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, and like oh, oh, yeah. no, you know, it's, but yeah, it, what you said, you got to go out, you got to meet those people. You got to have those long conversations and it, it can't be behind the keyboard because there's no real life consequences. There's, you're not, there's no emotion. Right. So, yeah. No, I remember, I mean, just the most extreme is going to Afghanistan and we had our interpreter and I remember sitting with him and, we were talking about all kinds of stuff and he told me the, just the, just the history of his family. And cause he was from that city we were staying in. And I mean, he just, we just had a very, very normal conversation with a dude that from an area that has been in war for 40 years and whatever. And he's just like, man, I just, I'm just trying to figure out how to, you know, feed my family and yep. get, get clothes. And I hope my daughter, you know, doesn't marry a douchebag. And I'm like, it's the same shit everywhere, right. everywhere, yeah. you know? And it's just, you have you do have a few. I mean, it's not like we're all of just course. the same. You yeah. obviously have some psychopaths, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's the same. It's just the same. It's not that different. And get out, guys. Meet people. Shake a hand. Have a conversation. Don't don't shake their hand. Oh God, I forgot. You will die if you touch them. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Stay no, six feet no, apart. You can touch. You just wear like, your mask. It's just knuckles. Eh, that's a little dangerous for me. That's God, a knuckle. That's a yeah, that's a yellow light. I hate. Your the father, nuc- the your, fist bumping. Your father-in-law did that tonight. I know he's also. Is he? Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow, that should be it's another strong. podcast. Yeah. Do you call him dad? Hell no. <laughs> my so and my dad even said he was like when I first told my parents, my dad was like, "You should definitely call her mom, mom." And my mom's like, <laughs> "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> like, my dad started laughing. He's like, "No, yeah." She's like, "Okay, that's fine." So he's gonna call. Her dad, dad, too, then. He's like, whoa. Oh, well, no. I don't whoa, know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nah. Hold up. Let's not get crazy. So, all right, good. So, you recommend the book? Yeah, 100%. Let's take it a step further. Would you vote for him? Oh, man. Ah. I mean, I would have to learn. I'd have to hear him but more. You're, but you're now open to it, right? Oh, 100%. Is that fair to say for yes. everybody? Yes. I had this conversation with somebody the other day. Because somebody, a friend of mine posted a... Uh, Instagram story voting on like, would you vote for Matthew behind? And I was like, ah, I'm, I'm torn because I, I do see a trend in, in American politics right now of they're famous. Therefore they can be a politician. So turn into a popularity contest. Yeah, yes. Just and like, I'm like high school. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, no, this I is don't slippery slope. Guys. Yeah. I don't want that. Like right. the rock talking about, he would run for president. I'm oh like, God! See, look, for some reason that one, he did, he, he no, did, he you. did say that. Yeah. The people called on him. Uh, and I don't be wrong. I love The Rock. Love like, The I, Rock. Like, uh, I think he's love a super inspirational person to talk. But it's like, but what does he really know about politics? And not to... Not a thing. He, right, no. And it, You're right. But then Matthew McConaughey, same thing. But then having read this book and listened to him talk, I mean, highly intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. Does pay attention, has a lot of worldly experience. So, I mean, I think that would be somebody that... I would want to hear the platform that he runs on and kind mm-hmm. of where he stands on some issues because I think I'm, I'm kind of a well, fan. He does we, have some very conservative... I think we understand he would legalize marijuana, which is totally fine. Amen. Tax it. Totally let's agree. God, yeah. let's, might as well. Yeah. Prostitution while he's at it. Gambling. It all. Let's do it. Heroin. So, just as long as you don't get caught. And then if you get caught... It's legal. Then it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, but I do think that, with from your point, I think The Rock saying that he would run for president is different than Matthew McConaughey running for governor. Yes, 
of a state he grew up in. He's from. He still lives in. And very much is a ambassador of Texas oh as a whole. He's like very Texan. Yeah. Like right. So I do I do want to hear platform. I would love to hear more, but yeah. I'm hundred percent open to um I just worry that and, that and trend of, of yeah. the popularity contest yes, worries me. No, because I, it's I like, agree with what you're saying. Yeah. It, I think Trump kind of started that of like, oh, the famous guy. And it's like, oh, God, like, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you actually know about Paul? Like, because there is, and this conversation that I had with this person is I was like, there is something to be said about understanding how Washington, how politics just works. And I don't. Reagan, right, that Reagan system, did a pretty good job, didn't he? I mean, it depends on long term. Jesse Ventura did a pretty damn good job, didn't he? Oh God! <laughs> that Schwarzenegger. Did I see that Mick Foley was uh, oh. getting into politics? Who? Mankind. Really? Yes, sir. What state? Oh, Kane just won Tennessee last year. What? Kane. You remember Kane? What? Yes, sir. Where have I been? It's been going on for a long time, brother. I, I, I do think it's I been go- But see, again, I, I think the state level is different than the national level. Because I do yeah. think you're right. Washington, all that's a different deal. Not like So just like if Rock was like, hey, I'm going to run for uh, governor of Hawaii. Yeah. Like, man, go for it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're from there. You get it. You're whatever nationality he is. Is he Tongan? What is he? He's Hawaiian, but I guess he's just, just Hawaiian, right? He's Pacific Islander. He's half black, half Pacific Pacific Islander. Okay. So there's a, there's a like, lot of great. tribes of Pacific he's, Islander. Like, I, I, well, Samoan, yeah, but he's got maybe, the tattoos. Yeah. So okay, but that makes uh, there's him all, legit. So we all there's, agree. There's Maori. There's some like there, there's <laughs> no hundreds, he has hundreds the of tattoos. Smash. <laughs> he's legit. Okay. That he is, does. That is yeah. such a Texan interpretation of Pacific Islander. He's got tattoos. Okay. No, no, no. Hey, he has the tattoos. He's, he's Hawaiian, all right? Yeah. He's got the Hawaiian tattoos. And he's and awesome. he is also the voice of Maui. Mm-hmm. So, can you're we, welcome. Can we, so, we agree that, oh, wow. Thank you. That was well played. You were good at this. <laughs> Thank you. So, we all love The Rock. Yeah, we all We're all him. open want to, him to be the president. listening to McConaughey's platform. 100%. Absolutely. And we all recommend the book. 100%. Yeah, it was, oh, the book's great. It's different. It's funny. It's it's got some great takeaways from it. But uh, yeah, it's definitely one that you're gonna probably be chuckling at multiple times throughout the book. Like there, it's, it's kind of like right in the middle too of like for if you like fiction. Like I'm not a huge fan of fiction books. Yeah, but you're not. You also like the nonfiction. So I think it appeals to both sides. Whether you like fiction or you so only like nonfiction. We, ne- we never covered that, but. The whole story. He talks about the whole the whole point of the family and being a Texan is being a damn good storyteller. And how much of this shit was really made up or not? Because yeah, that's I mean, his whole shtick is like, oh yeah, we're just bullshitting all night long, boys. And <laughs> yeah, no, that I also wondered throughout half. Oh, yeah, because he's like, he's like he's dropping names and times, and I'm like, I can't tell you what happened last week, man. Yeah, well, with the, just the Amazon. <laughs> well, he wrote thing, it all down. Yeah. He, he did. He gets it. He wrote it all down. All right. So play the rainbow. That's music. it, guys. Episode three of book recommendations for next uh, next month. We uh, we definitely need some book recommendations for next month. I don't know which direction to go in now, um, but this one was great. So we need some more. So let us know on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. Uh, that would help a lot. Still a slide thing. into the DMs. Is it a thing? Still, it's what I've heard. 
What about TikTok? I don't have a TikTok. I don't have a TikTok. All right, so don't TikTok TikTok. us. You don't talk the tick? I don't know what that is, and you would probably recommend, like, children's books because most of you are 12. I was told China is watching TikTok, so... Yeah, well, yeah, I don't. I can't read Trump, Mandarin Trump Chinese. That. So, uh, but yeah, let us know, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, go check it out. Green lights. Matthew McConaughey. Good book. Is great book. Definitely entertaining. It's got something in there for everybody. All right. See you guys. End it. Drop it. Send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.